Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the podcast. I'm Darren Potts, your host, as always. It is the 30th of July, 2021. This is Christian Rodriguez's episode of the podcast. We talk about his journey, his mentality, working with Duke Rufus since 14 years old, going professional very, very young in the MMA world, 5-0 as a pro, title fight coming up August 14th. We ask him some questions submitted by you on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, let's get to Christian. Let's get to the podcast. And thank you for listening. Five, four, three, two, one. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. It is a man fighting for a 135 title in the next few weeks. It is Christian Rodriguez. Christian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Delighted to get you on. Um, like I was saying just before we went on the air, we were having a few technical difficulties, but we've made it. We're here. Um, I've been talking to Scotty Stockman quite a bit, and Scotty has been singing your praises about where he feels you can go in the future. And the first thing I have to ask you about before we get into some of the serious stuff is how good is Scotty Spanish? Man, Scotty has some good Spanish. I was really surprised. He, really? Uh, yeah, he has some pretty good Spanish. At the random, he just uh, he just started talking to me in Spanish. I'm like, oh, my damn, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> He has some good Spanish. <laughs> I was expecting it to be some sort of lesson or whatever. Maybe you're giving him lessons or something. <laughs> he, he does ask me like a little, like a little, like uh, some little things. He asked me or uh, Emmanuel Sanchez for like some little tips, but he has some pretty good Spanish. I was really surprised. <laughs> Consider that me, me and you both surprised about Scotty and his level of Spanish and cue the message he's going to send when he hears that comment um to me <laughs> um but let's get going into sort of more about you and your journey okay because you have a title fight coming up coming up in august august 14th you're fighting in cage fury for the band we a title what's the preparation like what's your mindset going into this how do you feel right now i feel great my my weight's pretty good um for preparation um i'm always training every, um I'm always training year round, but for this time, it's a little different because since it's a title fight, it's five rounds instead of three. So I'm just like kind of adjusting my conditioning, my, I want to be able to like push the five rounds, you know, because I know, I know I can do the five rounds for sure, but I want to put a pace. That's what I've been really trying to work on. So what changes in your training whenever you're going from three rounds or you even know you can do five rounds, but you want to push that pace for the entire five? What little changes do you make to your routine i've been um for my so like for my conditioning my running i do i do longer runs now i used to um i used to always do like my, my, my runs like five or six miles but like for this camp i've been doing seven eight miles just for a longer longer distance um i asked um paul Fodder, one of my good friends i asked him some couple good tips and he told me just keep going longer i've been sparring more a lot of sparring i've done for this camp I've, I think I spar, um, let's see, I spar five days a week, wow. five days a week. Yeah. I've been trying to really, cause I feel like it's like, sparring is one of the most, um, really beneficial, um, training methods for, for, uh, for a fight. It's the most realistic, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. I think just even the conditioning and the, mental awareness that you begin to develop 
from sparring, you know, and especially when you're at a place like Rufus Sport and we'll, we'll get into that in a little second, when you're training with different partners every day and different groups of people and elite athletes and elite fighters, killing machines, so to speak. And every day you're able to spar with these guys, learn from these guys. They even learn from you and vice versa. And the, the level is so intense. You know, I do a bit of recreational kickboxing and Taekwondo and things like that. But whenever I'm looking at yourself and I'm looking at the level of which you're probably training at and who you're training with, the intensity and the atmosphere inside Rufus Sport must be absolutely incredible. It's, it's crazy, man. So we got so many good people on our team, so many like good, even like the regular students, you know, it's like there um, there's some people who aren't fighters, but they just train for fun. But everybody at Rufus Sport is so, so good, you know, it's like we all grow up with the really good uh, foundation of Duke Rufus uh, striking. So like, I feel like everybody's a really, really good striker in there. And not just even strikers, we have a lot of good grapplers, a lot of good uh, wrestlers too. So that's what I like about the gym a lot. A lot of people think we're just a striking gym, but everybody's so well-rounded there. Yeah, absolutely. I, would, I completely agree with you. You know, let's even talk about Rafion Stotts for a little bit. You know, Rafion has that fight coming up with uh, Magomed here. I think it's the end of July. A wrestling background, he's, he's close to the sort of the title shot at that level. I know Sergio's the champion that might make things a little bit difficult, but certainly yeah. the wrestling background and whatnot, it's, it's quite silly in a way i think to look at you know rufus sport i know it probably goes back to duke rufus and the muay thai background and stuff but i think it's a bit silly and a bit naive to look at rufus sport as solely a striking gym yeah, yeah rafian's been that rafian's a beast man he's gonna look great in the next fight he's always improving he's always improving you know he's always in the gym as well he never really takes time off he's one of my main training partners as well too me and rafian train with each other every single day he's not just a wrestler he's super well-rounded he has some really really good striking as well it's, it's gonna be a good fight he's gonna i'm positive he's gonna put away um um namogetov i think it's called i think he's called yeah yeah i mean it's a fight that i can't wait for and, and one of my criticisms of bellator sometimes is i feel they don't promote their cards well yeah both guys are close to that title shot both guys one loss in their entire career in the double figures with wins it's it's a bit crazy i think especially in in that division of bellator you know you have patchy mix in there james gallagher as well Ancelotta still there sergio is champion i think that's just such a good competitive division and i think it's something that if i was bellator i'd be highlighting a lot more and um, but yeah. again again that's just sort of my opinion when i look at sort of the six guys i mentioned plus there's probably a few others that i that i've completely forgotten about as well yeah, that's interesting because that's a really there's a lot of good there's a lot of good fighters in that division. They got um I don't know who Patchy Mix is fighting, but I know um Rafian called out Patchy Mix once and uh yeah, he didn't want to fight him. I don't blame him because man, Rafian's a beast. Rafian's a beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you've been in Rufus Sports since you were a teenager. What was the, yeah, what was, was the journey, was the mentality, was the thinking for you even as a teenager? I'm going all the way, I'm going professional and I want to fight for titles and I want this to be my career. Or was that something that developed over a period of time once you realized you're quite good at this? Yeah, that's something that kind of developed throughout the time. Because when I first when I first started, I just started doing the regular kickboxing classes, jiu-jitsu classes. Um, I was 14 at the moment, but I had my first amateur MMA fight when I was 18. I was still a, I was still a senior in high school. Yeah. Um, when I had that, I was like, man, this is this is what I want to do, you know. Um, I didn't have like the greatest amateur record, but I, I learned a lot from it. What was that? 
I was going to say that's the key thing, isn't it? Constantly learning that development yeah. and that learning, especially at such a young age, we were able to take things on board and develop with, with obviously the goal being looking further down the line. Yeah, most definitely. I learned a lot. You know, I was really grateful for that, um, for that experience as a kid being there just because like we have a lot of high level fighters, high level coaches. So me being like 18, 18 years old, 19 years old and like being surrounded by that kind of energy, it really made me smart. It really made me smart. It made me really think of the game differently. My mentality has changed a lot too. I feel like for my age, I have a really mature um, mentality, especially for this for this game. And I think that's key, the mentality thing. You know, various guests who I've spoken to, and I've had Rafael on the podcast and spoke with him. And the mentality aspect is arguably one of the biggest, and maybe it is the biggest aspect alongside discipline and determination and stuff like that. Um, even Coach Eric from Extreme Couture, when he was on the show, he put a lot of emphasis on the mentality and the discipline of actually turning up every day and working hard every day. And yeah, it, it, it's incredible, really. When you're talking about your training every day, probably multiple times most days, I would assume you're training multiple times most days, and even maybe maybe three times going into a fight camp and whatnot. It's 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 just crazy what is needed to succeed at this level. Yeah, that's the that's, that's the thing about this um about this level too. It's like I feel like the mentality is one of the most important things because you can be a really really great fighter, but if you're not so let's say on fight night, if you're not like mentally sharp, I feel like I can really um kind of mess you up in the fight, you know? Because we we've seen it from like a lot of fighters, you know. It's like you see some fighter who's like do, like like for a couple of fights they've been doing super super good. And then out the random, they just, you know, they don't show up on fight night. And that could be like a big mentality thing too, you know? Yeah, 100%. And it's even, and it's quite hard to try and readjust that mentality. You know, if we look you know, close to home for me, because I'm a little biased towards Connor and stuff like that. But when you look at Connor after the, the second Dustin fight where he's humble and he's, you know, he's like, good fight, we'll do it again. And then the third fight, it's like this different Connor I don't want to come out and say this fake Connor but it certainly looked very forced you know in, the, in yeah. the third fight and you can see there's something in his mentality that's kind of switched he's trying to get into his opponent's head things like that I don't know it's it's an interesting one but it's such a key component of the of the MMA game yeah it is because look look at um look at Dustin look how much he was like mentally sharp the second fight you know he didn't let um Connor, even in the third fight, Connor was never in his head, you know, and I feel like that's like the big mental, you got to be like so mentally sharp with your, with your training, with your uh, mentality for the fight, not like anything affected, you know, because like every, every fight camp's not perfect, you know, you have like stuff thrown at you, but if you're like mentally sharp and just focus on the prize, I feel like that's where a lot of fighters um, are su really successful. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you 100%. You see, because you've been at Rufus Sport from such a young age as a teenager and coming all the way through your first fight, you're a senior in high school. You've obviously been working with Coach Dick Rufus and Coach Cushman for, for a long time. What are they like to work with? Man, I love working with them. Man, both of them are so – I love them both. So they're both really, like, super smart, super technical. And we're not even, like, super, super technical, but, like, they know they know, like, the – when to do what um why you know they 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 know like the x's and o's you know they're like super high level coaches i love them both working working with both of them they both have me feeling really confident you know 
like with the tips and like the one-on-one coaching, the little details that like I don't even notice, but they when they tell me, it's like the little detail that matter the most. I, I can imagine. And the reason why I can say I can only imagine is because, you know, as I said, when I do a bit of kickboxing um, and taekwondo at the gym here, you know, even yesterday, I was doing pretty well. Instructors are doing really, really well, but you need to breathe on your last two your last two hits you know you're coming up for that uppercut and then you're cross but you're not breathing you're gonna yeah it's like those little details like yeah yeah exactly i was like i'm gonna be so tired and that's why you're tired that's why you're exhausted 20 minutes in Uh, okay you know there's just those little fine details that that it you know i don't realize um maybe you do but you're still learning and coach dick and coach cushman are able to kind of point those out and say hey do this and they catch it a lot earlier yeah, and the thing is with Duke too is he's been at the high level before, like high level fighting. So he knows he knows how we feel. He knows like the pressure sometimes. You know that's what I really like about Duke as well. He he understands those fighters. Yeah, you know considering you know his own pedigree and then his pedigree as a coach, with the amount of champions and the amount of people that he has coached to championship level, it's. It's a phenomenal, and I think as a young fighter for yourself, it's an incredible place to be, to be able to learn off someone like that, to be able to have someone like that as your coach and as your mentor and be able to guide you um, as you continue to grow and develop in, in the fight game. Because one thing that I've really begun to notice when doing this podcast is that before I started doing this, it's very much like, oh, here here's a fight, and here comes the fighter walks out, and... They, they do the fight and that's it. But there's so much more to fighting than the 15 or the 25 minutes in there. You know, we only yeah. see it as fans with the lights on. We don't see the two training sessions a day, the three training sessions a day, the six months of grind, the three months of a camp, and then a fighter pulls out and then you're out of camp and then you have to go back into camp six weeks later for a new fighter and all this stuff. There's so much stuff behind the scenes or behind the curtain that I think we as fans really need to appreciate a little bit more. Yeah, there's so many things I go into this fight game. You know, it's like, all right, let's say you're, you get a new opponent on two weeks short notice or when they ask if you want to fight on two weeks no, short notice. And that's the thing about the fight game. You know, it's like the only the only thing that matters for – it's like, of course, the training matters. But the, the most important thing that matters is those 15 minutes. It's just a fight, you know. It's like that's what – that's what's that's what's all about you know it's like um that's uh what the fans don't see of course but in my opinion that's 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 all it matters you know like of course training matters and all but the most important thing is you just got to show up for the fight you know yeah 100 i think we've seen that as well you know you've seen different people do interviews they've had an amazing camp but almost when they go out there when the door closes it's time to go they kind of freeze a little bit yeah. Or maybe the camp's been too intense and they're a little bit exhausted and they don't have the energy levels. Maybe the weight cut wasn't great. You know, there's so many little nuances that go into this that is just so unique and fascinating. Yeah. It, I, for me, like, I love the pressure. I love feeling like there's like a lot on the table, you know. I feel like it makes me fight better. It makes me, I don't know. I just I feel like I wake up every morning with like a kind of chip on my shoulder and just like, all right, I got to go put this work in. I got to go do this, do that. You know, it's like I, I love the pressure. I love the feeling the pressure. This is my first time being a main event for uh for a card. And like, I don't know. I love it. You know, it's like I don't feel the pressure. I don't I mean, I do feel it, 
but I feel like it's going to make me fight better, you know? Yeah, 100%. There's more eyes on you. And I think what's what's really good about the fight game now is UFC Fight Pass. You know, certain promotions might be regional or national, but because of UFC Fight Pass, it's now on a global scale where fans can watch your fight from all around the world. Um, yeah. I think that's really, really key. And obviously dealing with pressure is massive and you're obviously enjoying that, which is great. Um, going in the main event, what's the hardest thing about being in the main event? Is it that expectation? You know, I always imagine myself if I was a fighter and I think I would hate to be the main event. And the reason I say that is because I'm quite impatient. So I think I would be like pacing around the changing room or just hurry up, hurry up, just, just to get out there. But for you as a fighter who actually lives this life and doesn't just kind of think what it would be like, like I do, what is the hardest thing about being in the main event or the most difficult or different thing about being in the main event? Uh, to be honest, I don't really like, it all feels the same to me. You know, it's like at the end of the day, for me, it's like a fight is a fight. You know, it doesn't matter if I come in the prelims, it doesn't matter if I'm like, those like after dark fights or main event you know it's like at the end of the day i'm still gonna go out there and perform at my best at my best so like for me like every fight's the same you know like at the end of the day it's just another step getting towards what i want that's how i really look at it i just yeah i just can't wait to fight that's like the most hard thing right now just waiting those four extra more weeks i'm like man i just want to get get out there already um absolutely I, I can i can totally agree with you on that the waiting around for a fight I, me as a fan waiting around for a fight i'm like come on i can't wait for this fight in four weeks i can imagine yeah. what it's like for you guys um speaking of rufus sport let's get back to the gym a little bit you know you've you train alongside anthony pettis former ufc champion current bellator champion sergio pettis matador sanchez in that gym there's phenomenal talent in that gym what is it like to work with these guys on a daily basis? Man, it's amazing working with them. It's a lot of um, it's a lot of a lot of really good technical work with them. Um, they're they're all smart, you know. Um, I've been training with like the higher level fighters since I was like nineteen years old or eighteen, so it's been kind of a journey for me. Like at first, like it wasn't going the way I wanted to, of course. But like throughout these years, I got and like it's kind of like um, how do I say it? It's a lot of good work, you know. It's like, man, I'm getting, I'm working with like the former UFC lightweight champion or the bantamweight champion of the world. So it's a lot of, it's. I feel honored, you know. I feel really, really grateful for these opportunities because they really, how do I say it? Um, it really kind of like motivates. It motivates me me more to be where that where I where I want to get to, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can I can see that, you know, from even speaking to Jeremy and speaking to Scotty as well, working with these guys, it just helps grow that that fire, I suppose, if I can word it that way, inside you to push yourself on that little bit because you can see that this elite level is attainable because you know someone there. And yeah, I, I think that's so cool. It is, and you're it's like you're a product of your environment, you know. It's like I'm hanging out with like and I feel like me hanging out with these higher level fighters, it just, I feel like I'm kind of like feeding off the same energy they are, you know? It's like, um, um, one of uh, Duke's favorite quotes is like, show me your friends and I'll tell you your future. So I really, I'm, I'm really grateful to be surrounded by them. And I'm constantly, constantly learning every day from them, from them. They're, 
they're all super nice. Rockin helps me. Anthony helps me. Sergio helps me. Um, Emmanuel Sanchez helps me a lot. So I'm always learning and learning from like different people. And I like it too, cause like I'm kind of um, taking a little bit out of each fighter and I'm just putting, putting it in my game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're pull you're pulling, obviously, as you said, from each fighter and you're putting it to yourself, but you're also becoming your own fighter, which is great yeah. in itself. And you know, the, the, your aspirations, I'm sure, are very high, and we're going to come to that in a minute of what your future goals and aspirations are in the sport. But before we get there, I always like to ask about your friends and family. When you decided to leave high school as a senior and people are going to university or college or going to go to work and they get a job right away and you're saying, no, I'm going into fighting, what was the reaction like from your friends, your family? Did you feel that level of support or was that like, mm, oh, this is this is different? Um, it was a little different. So like in my uh, my senior year of high school, I had, I had like a decent amount of friends, but I only told like, I think I only told like three or four friends that I was going to fight just because like um, I wasn't really like popular. I was really shy as, as a kid to during high school. So um, they didn't really, they didn't expect it out of me. And like a lot of people tell me I don't look uh, intimidating at all. <laughs> so it's like I only told a couple of my friends. I think only like three or four went to my fight because that's all I told. I just like I don't I don't know. I just I, was, I guess I was kind of shy to tell them. But my uh, my family has always supported me since the first day I started training. Even like when I was kind of struggling with my career as an amateur, and like they always stuck by my side. They always supported me. Even like when I didn't like really kind of believe in myself at first, uh, they always did. So I'm really grateful for my family. What was that like? Because you know, I look at your professional record and you're unbeaten, but you've mentioned your amateur record. It, it wasn't what you probably wanted it to be, but it was a good learning curve for you. But when you're beginning, when you're doubting yourself as a, as a teenager and you're beginning to think, is this for me? When you're not sure, when you, when you can't get out of bed or you don't want to get out of bed and go train because you just can't be bothered or you're not believing in yourself, how do you get over those hurdles? Um, it was a really, it was a really big mental thing for me for me I feel um because like of course I wasn't I wasn't doing the best as I wanted but I just I kind of just stuck with it you know I just really kind of believe I just had to believe in myself I really just stuck with it I kind of saw the more results I saw myself getting better throughout the time so I just I was like yeah this is what I want to do um when I first started fighting I wasn't really like um super passionate about it like I love I loved it of course but I wasn't really like fully 100% committed to it once I made that um once I really committed to myself, that's when I started seeing more results, more everything. I started seeing, like the people that they were kind of like beating beating me up. I was kind of having my way with them. So I just it was a big consistency thing for me. I just had to really because it's one of those sports that you really have to like commit to yourself. You know, it's like I, you can't do this sport kind of how do I say it? Um, but one foot in, one foot out, you know, you have to be either all the way in or all the way out. And that's, I think that's what really helped me with my career. I had a fighter on previously, a guy called Kevin Kroom. He fights at a glory MMA. Um, oh, yeah. Under James Christ and he's bantamweight um, as well. And he sort of had the, the point that he just sort of said to himself that he just had to commit. And it was really just a, a case of, as you said, of going, of going all in. And it's when you sort of have an up and down record like he had before he sort of moved over to glory MMA, it was really an idea for him that he just had to jump in. Yeah. hundred percent get in. And 
because there's little tiny things that just continually, I would say, work with your mindset, your body, your nutrition, your diet, your desire to train every day, your discipline and getting to training every day. And even if it's just a local gym to do some running on the treadmill or whatever, that all plays such a massive part. And the fact that you are where you are now, you've obviously overcame those hurdles that you had as a, as a younger person and you're constantly growing and developing and pushing forward. And that brings me to a section I love to talk about and it's goals and aspirations because you've got your title fight coming up here on August 14th, your first title fight. For me, I think this is still the beginning for you. Where do you see yourself in the future? What are your future goals and aspirations? Um, I see myself in, in the UFC in the next couple of years. I want, uh, my goal is to be the UFC Bantamweight World Champion. Um, that's my main goal, you know. And um, I do believe this is like, as well, this is just the beginning, you know. Because I'm, I'm still young in this game. I'm, I'm still 23, so I still have like, I, I don't want to say I still have time, but some people say I do. But I feel like I'm, I'm too old to be like, to be wasting time but i'm still young i, I can't be, i can't rush it you know but yeah that's where i see myself in the next couple of years i feel like hopefully hopefully after this after this win i can get like a little short notice call or something but if not i'll just keep fighting keep doing my thing either way i'll still get signed sometime soon and a big thing for you you know you said about that that bantamweight division the ufc in this title fight and hopefully this is the fight that puts you on the map with the ufc if you're not already on the map i think you probably are but hopefully this fight is the one that solidifies them to say hey call this guy let's get him let's get him on a contract but a fighter that you've had the privilege of training with as he prepares for a fight in the ufc is Corey sanhagen and yeah He's obviously fighting TJ Dillashaw, and we know the story behind TJ and his two-year absence and whatnot. But this is a big fight for Corey. It's a big fight for TJ. And again, the bantamweight division in the UFC is an incredibly competitive and fun one, like it is in Bellator. And what was training with Corey like? What did you did you notice anything about how he trains his mentality? What did you learn, or what did you enjoy about training in that camp? Man, that was such an experience. Cause I, I was, I've always, always been a big Corey fan. So like me going to Denver, I was trying, I was trying so hard not to fanboy, but like it was, it was kind of hard, you know, cause I've always been a big fan of him. But um, man, he's so like his mentality is super, super good. His training, man, I never, like um, how do I say it? He's really, he's such a, he's a, he's such a professional. He's uh really sharp with his training. His uh. His nutrition, of course, with everything. It was such a really good experience for me. Um, because he came down just he came up to Rufus for uh, to train like for a week, train with Sergio, but then I got the chance to spar him. And then after that, we kind of just clicked, you know. Um, he asked me if I wanted to uh, if I wanted to come help him down the train in Denver. I was like, I was like, hell yeah. And um I learned a lot from him. He's such a nice, he's such a nice guy. He um I stayed at his home, treated me so great. I learned a lot from his grappling, his striking is so tricky. I, yeah, he's definitely getting that, that win over TJ for sure. It's a fight I can't wait for. And obviously it's coming up this Saturday. This um, Saturday, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's one that whenever it was pushed back, I was a bit gutted about it because it was just something I was looking forward to. Um, I agree with you. I think it's going to be such a great fight. They're two incredibly talented fighters and the run that Corey's been on has been tremendous 
Um, yeah, he isn't the, looking great. Yeah, those KOs. Even I listened to his conversation with Joe Rogan. Um, was three hours well spent walking the dog. I feel bad for the dog because I just wanted to keep walking him to keep hearing what what Corey <laughs> what Corey was saying. But phenomenal mindset and that switching mindset after the defeat to Aljamain Sterling and how he's developed and how he's kind of bounced back from that has been incredible. I think he wins this, he he has to be looking and talking and being in and around that title shot conversation. Yeah, I feel I feel like, I mean, you never know with the UFC, you know, of course, but I feel like if he wins this one, he should get a title fight. But yeah, you never know with the UFC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sort of thinking if he wins this one, let Jan Sterling go again and then he can have the winner type thing. Something something along those lines, I think, would be, would be a lot of fun for him. But one of the questions that actually gets sent in, it's a friend of mine who runs his own podcast. And it's going to be a shout out to, to him. Justin Dullard runs the Authentic Podcast. Justin wanted to know about Elevation and their training facilities and their camp and what's the mindset like out there and what the intensity of training is like out there because that's something that Corey has talked about quite a bit is about Elevation. It was, um, they, had a, they had a really good team. I, um, I sparred a couple of good people. Um, they, um, I only train, so I thought it was like a gym, but I guess it's just a fight team. So what they do, it's, um, so in one gym, they go, they go there and spar. And then when they go to like a different gym, they do their grappling and then they go to a different gym to do like the drilling. So they're kind of like, um, here and there, but it was, it was really good. It was a really good experience. Um, the coaches are super nice. They all treated me super well. The, the teammates too, you know, I, I don't have anybody try to kill me because that's the, that's the thing you know it's like when you go to a different gym I feel like everybody kind of like wants to like uh, um, spar you but it was nothing like with egos they were just it was just a friendly competition but um I I got to spar at um it's called um what is it called um Easton MMA that's like in Maine Denver that's what they do they're sparring I got some good I got some good work down there um, I sparred Corey, of course. I sparred one of my old teammates, uh, Josh Marsh, that trained over there. And I got some really good grappling rounds too. They all they, they have a really good group. I like it. I like it over there a lot. Good to hear. It's good to hear you can go there and develop and learn as well. You know, like you said, sometimes the new guy comes in, everyone wants to spar him and see what he's made of, but it's really good that they made you feel, you know, welcome to that. Yeah. Um You've mentioned, you know, your your goal is UFC and the UFC Bantamweight Championship. Let's talk about Cage Fury 99 because this is the fight that's on August 14th, your first five-rounder, your first title fight. What can we expect to see from you on August 14th? Man, fireworks. <laughs> um, I'm really excited for this fight. You guys are going to see a really good fight. Um, I'm not sure if you catch my last one, but I feel um, I've grown so much from my last fight, so this fight is going to really... I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a statement. I'm gonna finish this guy for sure. Um, I love I love I love finishing people. That's my that's always my goal. Um, but you're gonna see a really really brand new developed Christian. Um, I've grown my mentality. I'm more mature since my last fight. My skill set is better. I'm really excited to showcase what I'm what I'm made of. I'm excited to see it. Really really excited to see it. Um. There's so many big fights cut up, so many cool fights coming up, and this is one I can't wait for as well. Um, obviously keeping tabs on your career and 
being quite friendly with Scotty and stuff. And Scott would always say, like, this guy's got it going on. You need to look at look at this fight or whatever. So looking forward to, to, to watching that one. Um, let's get into a few of the questions now in relation to Instagram and what different people submitted. You know, I've already asked you about Scotty Spanish. He sent me that one. Justin sent uh-huh. me one about Elevation. One of the questions that I love asking people is, if you could fantasy book a fight, you versus anyone in the world, any era, past, present, whatever, who would you love to step in and share a cage with? Huh, who would I love to share the cage with? Um, Dominic Cruz, when he was in his prime. I just yeah. feel, yeah, that's really like, one. Cause I was always a big fan of Dominic Cruz, but um, him and jo- Jose Aldo, I love, I love them both. Jose, I feel like, um, Man, Jose Aldo was a beast. He's still a beast, man. He's, he's he's still a beast, but I feel like he was kind of better back then. But um, that's always that was one of my fantasy fights. Him and Dominic Cruz. That'd be an interesting thing too. You know, if you you win this fight, you get to the UFC, you get a couple of wins under your belt. Just keep calling out Jose Aldo and see what happens. All right, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be crazy. That'd be, be that, that was like that was like me sparring Corey when I first fought Corey. I was like. And I'm like, man, this is Corey. This is Corey Sanhagen. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, I was still kind of like fanboying. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, you know, because I've like I've grown up watching these guys fight. So like, but seeing me like um rise um my record up and like knowing potentially I can fight one of these guys, I'm like, damn, dude, this is crazy. That's the thing, you know, that it's could happen years down the yeah. line, five six years. You know, there's always that funny picture of Khabib and Connor where they're like. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At each other as if like the next big thing, and Khabib starting out in one fifty five, and Connor's working up through the rankings at one forty five, and you know, seven years later, they're putting on this insane card, which has an amazing sell on. You know, their rating or whatever buy rate is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And, and and you you just and you see all the bad blood and all the chaos, and it's incredible where it kind of came from. And I would be I. I think that's a, a realistic and achievable goal. Just keep your head down, keep working, and let's see what happens as time progresses. Yeah, you never know. You know uh, this game's so crazy. You can just fight anybody. I mean, look at the guy, the guy I was supposed to fight, um, Chris Moutinho. He made his debut against Sean O'Malley, so that was pretty crazy too. Yeah, we, when you watch that fight as well, obviously you were, you were scheduled to fight him, and you then see him in the UFC and – he takes a record number of shots to the head. Yeah, that's crazy. But in fairness to him, he was one tough dude, you know, with like using. Man, he's one word. tough dude. Yeah. I I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that out of him. You know, I, I feel like um. I feel like I I figured I thought Sean was gonna win, but I didn't think he was gonna like walk, like through so many punches like that. I'm like, damn, this dude's so super tough. Yeah, it's it's it was crazy. I remember just watching it and being like, he just just kept walking him down. It was like, just, I don't, you can't yeah. knock me out. You won't knock me out. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy fight. Watching that, I was like, damn, man, damn, this is crazy. <laughs> Be another one potentially in your future. You know, yeah, a, a fight with Chris could get booked again. We don't know. You know, Sugar Sean could be in your future somewhere down the line. Who knows? Yeah, no, I was. Th- I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, this. I'm like, um, when they uh, when they told me that my um, because the way I, f- I found out about my opponent is th- was through Instagram. Like right. they did, um, they, 
they didn't reach out to me saying that like hey your opponent pulled out i just saw it on instagram i was like they saw i saw chris Moutinho versus sean o'malley i was like what i was like what in the world so i texted my manager and then he was like yeah that happened but i'm like in my head I'm, I'm, i was like damn that could have been either me or him in that position you know it was like i could have made my debut against o'malley what would the, what would that because you've been thinking about it i'm curious now if that if you had a got that call, hey, we need a fighter in two weeks. You're fighting Sugar Sean. Are you said, yep, let's go? I say hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would never turn down a fight. I, I I love to fight. That's my thing, you know. It's like I love to fight. It doesn't matter who. I've like I've heard of, I've I've um in when was it like two months ago? Yeah, I was having a hard time finding fights. I had like four people turn me down in a month. I was like, dude, like what's going on? I I've offered um. There's twice I um I offered to move up a weight class against a UFC vet. He turned me down. I offered to uh on a week's notice a weight class up. He turned me down as well. That's my thing. I, I just love to fight. It doesn't matter what weight class or against who. I'm always I'm always down to scrap. Speaking of the turning down of fights and stuff like that, if if you're trying to get fights and people are saying no to you, do you take that as a compliment that I'm good or do you or do you look at it a bit more? serious and think um maybe timing isn't right maybe the weight cut isn't right etc how do you look at it when you're trying to get a fight and four people are actively saying no and i'm sure it's frustrating because you want to fight but are you taking that as a compliment um a little bit of both i'm like i'm like yeah it kind of boosts my confidence up saying like all oh, these people don't want to fight me you know but at the same time i feel like it's more frustrating than a compliment you know because i'm like man i'm just, I'm just trying to fight so, um, and like, that's the thing I feel like us fighters show, we, we should always be down to fight anybody, you know, but I guess that's not the thing for everybody. Yeah. But it, it was just really, yeah, it was super frustrating. I was getting really like annoyed. I'm like, man, I was like, I can't get a fight. I was like, <laughs> but I'm really grateful that this opportunity came for me, uh, the CFFC belt. Cause right before that, that was when like four people turned me down. I was just getting frustrated cause it, it cause it was a thing. It was like, all right. Um, we put your name on a week's notice. So I'm like, all right, let me get my weight down a little more. Let me get it. And then they're like, oh no, never mind. And then two weeks later, they're like, hey, you want to do this again? I'm like, yeah, I'm like gonna get my weight down again. So it's kind of frustrating, you know? And it was like, yeah. it was like mentally frustrating. Yeah, I can I can imagine that for you because even though we have cut as well, you're starting to watch your diet a bit more, you're reducing what you eat. Yeah. all that sort of stuff and then all of a sudden i don't know what you're like but the mood changes you know <laughs> whenever you're not getting the food that you want um and all that sort of thing and it brings me to another question somebody submitted for you they asked what your walking around weight is like when you're not in camp uh between 155 160 i don't try to get too heavy uh, i feel like that's a good range 155 to 160 out of camp so that way like if they offer me like a short notice i can i can take it I don't like I don't like cutting a lot of weight too too yeah it's too much work when I was yeah. young like a couple years ago I could have when I was like dude I'm like I'm still young but I've been realizing like as time gets like as time passes like it's getting harder you know each time is like a little more difficult a little more difficult so I can only imagine what it is throughout the next five years you know yeah because when I was like 18 19 I could like eat whatever I wanted then go train but now I'm like, if I eat bad in the morning, it kind of ruins my whole day. Yeah, the energy levels and everything that yeah. comes alongside the, 
<laughs> the, the the fast food world i suppose yeah i end up feeling sluggish then like <laughs> my, my yeah that's, so i'm like no i would just, I'd just stick to eating clean I, I feel better you know i feel like mentally i feel better my body feels better my confidence yeah yeah i i i agree with you you know even when we in the missus here we try to eat well like it's when you eat when you just stray off that path and go get a big dirty mcdonald's and the yeah next, the <laughs> next day you have to get up and i have a little spin bike and some weights and stuff here and you get into the the garage and start to try and work and you're sluggish and you're slow and you can't be bothered <laughs> it's uh i put that all down to obviously a bit of my mentality too but but certainly the food intake doesn't really help that um yeah mo- moving on from that one um <clears throat> someone else has submitted a question here for you and I got to add to this question. They, they asked about your favorite method or your favorite martial art to train in and what training style or session you dislike the most. So your favorite and your least favorite. Um, my favorite would be probably sparring. I love sparring. Just because like, since we got a big team, it's always, I love, I love to spar. So like we got a really big team. So everybody's everybody's style is different you know and i feel like sparring makes me mentally sharp because not everybody moves the same so you got to be like sharp and on point with like everybody you know like with your defense and your timing that's what i like that's why i like sparring because i feel like when you go with the same people over and over and over again you get the rhythm but since we have like such a big gym um sparring like the regular students and like stuff like that um it gets me more aware of situations and my, I don't, I don't want to say I have a least favorite training method, but um, I'd probably say my runs. Cause when I run, I, I like to torture myself for my runs. Do you, do you road run or is it treadmill running? I do, uh, I do a little bit of both, but I, when I go on the treadmill, I, I torture myself. I'm like, I, I give myself like a set pace. And then like, I, I go up on the, on the speed for like, so I, I sprint like a quarter mile. And then I go back down and then I sprint another quarter mile. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, like this morning I did, uh, I did seven miles in like 54, 53 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I like torturing myself. I feel like after I feel really great during, I'm like, man, this sucks. What am I, what am I doing? this? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but certainly the, you know, the effects after training or the post training effects are far worth the, the hassle and the hardship off the frustration during the training one one thing i love too it's like i love um so me and uh duke my coach duke we do pads but we do tie style pads and that's like super hard for me too because like the whole time i'm trying to crack crack and crack but at the same time he's throwing like cakes at me and like he's trying to knee me so it's like has me really aware of the of the moment he the way we do pads is like we don't we don't talk at all we don't, he doesn't give me like a sec, he doesn't give me a set combo or anything. It's just like of me, my reaction. I love doing pads with Duke as well. And he's a big guy too. So like when he kicks me, like I got to be so sharp in my defense and not even move me away. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be, that'll be one thing, wouldn't it? You know, preparing for the fight and, and uh, the coach injures you going in <laughs> with a nice big kick right, or right? something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I got to be sharp. Like, especially because like the way he does it, he does it like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the, like the Thai, um, the Thai, the Thai people do pads. They don't talk. 
they're like, let's say you do, he gives you like a one, two, you throw like his tie pads on you and you got to block them and then you got to fire back. So that, I like, I like that kind of style a lot. He's a three or four time world champion, isn't he? Yeah. Four time world champ. Four yeah. Time, four time world and champion. His, and then his brother was, a, I think like a 10 time world champ. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're getting, you're getting all the life lessons in there. I know. It's, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question I have for you before we wrap this up, it is from a friend of mine who's also a wrestling fan. Of course, it's well-documented. CM Punk, Phil Brooks, and his time at Rufus Sport, his time in the UFC. What was he like to be around in the gym, and what was he like as a person? Man, he's one of the nicest guys I ever met in my life. He's such a cool dude. Um it was really good. He um he developed he developed his game pretty good. Of course, he didn't get the way he wanted to, but like he he improved a lot in that short amount of time. And I respect him a lot. I respect him as a fighter and as a person a lot. I I look up I look up to him a lot. You know, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of um I don't want to say it, but you know what I mean. Uh, it takes a lot of like um let's say it takes a lot of balls to like go up there and and fight. You know. It does. But, it really, it really, really does. With his, you know, public profile and the fan base that mm-hmm. he had, and the WWE fans and everyone, they, oh, he's going to go in there and get um, embarrassed and all this sort of stuff. He didn't care. He put himself through the work, and I could respect that. And I think you know what, fair play. Yeah. I I respect like for every fighter that's every I respect every single fighter that steps up because like people don't know how much it takes to really step up and fight. You know. A lot, of, a lot of people think it's kind of easy and stuff like that, but it is what it is. But I respect him a lot. And the thing is, too, he moved he moved out to Wisconsin for those couple of years as well um, and sort of put his camp there and, and put himself there. Yeah. And the thing is, too, it's like he didn't have to do it, you know? It's like he already made pretty decent money in, um, in WWE, but, like, he wanted to do it. And that's yeah. what, like, I respect him more about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time, big time. Well, Christian, it's been a really good conversation. Really glad to finally get you on the show. Um, it, it was it was a while getting you here, but the timing is good. You're coming up to a title fight. Wish you well for it. August 14th, CFC title fight. Can't wait to see it. Christian, great, great chat. Good luck. And thank can't wait to watch, sit and watch the fight. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. I think you appreciate appreciate you having me. This this is my first time ever doing a, a podcast, so I was really excited too. Oh, nice, nice. Well, I'm glad that I could be take your podcast virginity. I don't know. I just made that word up uh-huh. as we speak, but no, I'm really glad to do it. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not the last time. It will be the last MMA podcast for a little bit for us. We're expecting our first child, so things are going to be a bit crazy. Oh, congrats, man! Congrats. Thank, thank you. Things will be a bit crazy for me around the house and stuff, but we should be back around January and uh, we'll start recording again around christmas time get some content out around january christian hopefully we can connect once again closer to that and uh, see what you're up to maybe we'll do a part two as you prepare for probably your second maybe third fight depending how quick you want to fight in the ufc at that stage but honestly thank you so much for giving me your time today i really appreciate it oh thank you thank you it was an honor of being on your show i appreciate it a lot Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. That was Christian Rodriguez. I was Darren Potts. This was the podcast. Have a great weekend. And once again, thank you for listening in.